0: You are listening to the weekly podcast of City Church Orlando, located just off of 1792 at 650 Airport Boulevard in Sanford, Florida. Our website, orlandocitychurch.com. Today, Lead Pastor Eugene Smith will continue with our series called 50 Days to Fitness. Again, we will be talking about focusing on how we can honor God with our bodies. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. Our scripture text comes from John chapter 4, starting in verse 13. Today's message is entitled, Water is Life.
1: Now, As a church, as a congregation, we've been on a journey together, 50 days to fitness. Not of fitness, but to fitness. We're on a journey of discovering God's plan for divine health in our physical body. God Want you to be healthy that's god's plan it's all throughout the bible god made promises to the children of israel he said listen if you do things my way i will bless you now we live in a fallen world everyone say fallen world come on say fallen world you got to help me out i need a little conversation this morning but we live in a fallen world our bodies are decaying we're breaking down we get sick we understand that but the reality today is that god does have a plan For your body. Because he's the owner of your body. He's the owner of your body. We laid the groundwork last week for this message where we talked about our bodies are completely his. Body, soul, and spirit. And he wants us to be whole and holy. Whole and holy. He wants you to be physically whole. He wants you to be mentally whole. He wants you to be spiritually whole. And anything that doesn't fit in that is an aberration. That's not God's purpose. Now, God uses sickness. These things happen in our life. We understand that. But God has a plan and a purpose for every person here. And what I've discovered is that when you get sick in body, when your body gets physically sick, it's very difficult to keep your focus on God's mission for your life. You see, you were created for mission. Say, I was created for mission. You're created for mission. We have a mission statement that we say here at City Church. I want you to say this. We're going to say this together, all right? We have a mission. Let's try it again. We have a mission. That mission is to win souls. We best fulfill our mission when we are with other Christians. We will never be satisfied until we are fulfilling our mission. We have no promise of tomorrow. Therefore, we will live fully for Christ today. You see, you have a mission. God's created you for mission. Now, we've heard the term, don't drink the water. Anybody ever hear that term before, don't drink the water? Come on, What does that mean? I mean, stay away, right? I mean... Don't drink the water, because, you know, if you go to certain places, a couple of years ago, we took a team of people to Mexico, and the people that were down there were saying, you gringos, don't drink our water. And uh, there was a reason, because if we drank their water, guess what would happen? Our bodies weren't accustomed to the stuff that they had in their water, we get sick. So we literally had to bring all of our water down, or buy water there in the local stores. And a lot of the locals there in Mexico we were at, they did the th- same thing. There's another term that we use, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Anybody ever heard that one? Or they drank the Kool-Aid, right? They drank the Kool-Aid. In other words, they bought the whole enchilada. They believed the whole thing. Now, this is what's happened. This is what's happened in regard to health in our life. We basically live and eat and drink exactly the way that our parents did. It's just kind of we're conditioned. This week, our preschool, one of our preschool teachers, I think it was on Friday, I was walking over there, and she was pushing a little cart, and she had, uh, the because we use food from bills uh, on Wheels, so they have a balanced diet for the little kids that we give them every day. And on one side of the cart, they had a big old plate of broccoli and cauliflower. Broccoli and cauliflower. And on the other side of this cart, there was those processed, and I kind of like them, you know, those orange crackers. How do they get them that orange? You really wonder? I mean, like Cheetos, you know, you get them on your finger. They have orange crackers that get some kind of stuff in the middle, and who knows what it is. But when she brought it out to the kids, what do you think the kids went for? Well, come what they go for? They went for the crackers. Why was that? I mean, the healthy choice would have been to what? Come on, the healthy choice would have been to eat the broccoli and the cauliflower. But there's something in this because the way we're conditioned, we go towards what? The things that aren't necessarily healthy for us. Why is that? Because we're conditioned that way. We were brought up that way. I grew up, I told you last week, count chocolate, blueberry, lucky charms. Sugar, sugar pops, come on, right? You know, what I'm talk- Saturday morning cartoons, I was brainwashed. I drank the Kool-Aid. My mom would try to give us oatmeal with a few raisins on top and brown sugar or honey, like, no way. We're like, Mom, no way. And we would whine and cry, and she'd get tired of hearing us whine and cry, so she'd break down, and she'd buy Count chocolate, which is my favorite. My sister liked the uh, Frankenstein. Remember the, like, what's that? Booberry. Oh, yeah, booberry. Oh, yeah, yay. Yeah. You ever read the like what's the ingredients on that thing? It's like three, four sugar. I mean, it's just sugar. You know, of course, you feel better after you eat it because your blood sugar goes, whoa, and you feel really good. Now, our ushers are going to come this morning, and they're going to give you a bottle of water. And while they're coming, I want to read a scripture first. It's found in John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Now, Jesus, Jesus encounters this woman at a well. Now, this woman... Uh, this woman had some issues in her life. She had lots of issues in her life. And Jesus meets this woman at a well. you got to hear this this morning. What happens in your natural life will have direct correlation to your spiritual life. And what happens in your spiritual life will have a direct correlation to your natural life. It's the way it works. What's happening in the natural is a reflection of what's happening inside. Did you hear me? What's happening in your natural world is a direct correlation of what's happening inside of you. What's happening in your spiritual life will work its way out in your practical, in your natural, in your everyday life. Andy Stanley pastors a church of, I don't know, 30,000 people up in Atlanta, Georgia. I was listening to him this week. He was talking about the area of integrity and how in America we want to compartmentalize. Politicians do it, business people do it, employers and employees do it. We have the business side of life, the personal, uh, the public side of life, and then we have our private side of life. And the problem is, we're not created that way. We don't have like these little manila folders that we just slide our life into, and then never the two shall meet. It doesn't work that way. And he used a phrase, he said, your private life always seeps into your public life, every time. Because what you do in private, Jesus said, what you do in dark, and the darkness, will be shouted from the rooftops. Now, Jesus meets this woman. She's got issues, big issues. She's already been on Jerry Springer, right? You know, and so she, got, she, she did the Jerry Springer thing. Now she's headed over to Oprah. Got five husbands, been married, not living with the, the guy she's living with, not her husband. And Jesus meets this woman, and he asks her for a drink of water. John chapter 4, verse number 13. And the Bible says that Jesus said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Now, you have a bottle of water. Now this is Aquafina, and we bought Aquafina because Aquafina we buy it at Sam's Club. We get it the case of thirty five for about four something, and uh, Aquafina is what they call reverse osmosis water. So it's tap water that Aquafina paid nothing for, and they and and they say it's pure at the source. That's the thing. I think they say that they say it originates from public water sources, and then it's purified though through a process called. They call it hydro-7-TM, which means reverse osmosis. Reverse osmosis is a process that the, this plant uses to take out all the chemicals and all the toxins and all the stuff that's supposed to be bad, that they find the traces of all kinds of bad stuff. And there's all kinds of bad stuff. I was walking my dog yesterday morning, and my neighbor was draining their pool. And they had the, they had the hose going all the way across the lawn, and they were running that hose all the way down into... You know, the little thing that's in the, in the uh, street, the drain, the storm drain. And then that water goes down the storm drain, and it goes over into uh, a big retention pond. And then the retention pond does what? The retention pond seeps into the groundwater. And so like in my neighborhood, you think of, you know, there's 195 homes. You think of all the people but put toxins and chemicals and bug spray and all that kind of stuff. And let me tell you, it leaches into the ground. Well, they do purify our water, and, but there is always traces of chemicals very dangerous chemicals left in the water and so they do the best they put chlorine in it fluoride they, chlorine kills most everything and then they try to put some other ingredients in it to try to make it healthy for us again they put a little fluoride to keep your teeth from getting rotted out but the fact is that there's still stuff in the water and so they run it through this reverse osmosis process and it cleans out the water that's why bottled water has just exploded i mean pepsi and coca-cola i mean there's a huge competition now we got 57,000 flavors of bottled water i mean it used to be the deal to just drink a little water now they got purple water red water orange water right come on yet yeah, lemon flavor raspberry flavor they got every kind of water and and why is that because people know that water is healthy jesus said if you drink of this water you're going to thirst again but if you drink of the water that i give you you'll never thirst look what he says here if you drink of the water that I give you, what's going to happen? You, if you get the drink, you would have asked him. Oh, verse 13, I lost my place here. But the water that I will give you will bring up a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. This water that God gives us is water that produces everlasting life. Now, this is important. This is so important. Because the fact is what happens in your natural life is a direct reflection of what's happening in your spiritual life. And we have themed 2010 or 2010 as a year that we are destined by God to win. We're destined by God to win. You are created, you were made by God to be a conqueror. Everyone say, I am, I am. More, than more than a conqueror. That's the Bible. I'm just reporting to you what the Bible says. But I want you to get into your mind, into your heart, into your spirit, who God says that you are and what you can be. Now, you know, water has got all kinds of benefits. There's all kinds of practical benefits to water. I mean, body, your body is, if you're a a woman, your body is between 55 and 65% water. If you're a man, your body is between 65 and 75% water our bodies consist of water. 80% of your uh, of your blood is water. 90% of your brain is water. 20% of your muscle is bl- water. Oh, you, there you go. Your blood, 83%. I mean, your muscle consists of 75%. You are water. Say, I am water. I am water. <laughs> I am water. You're not woman. You're, I am woman. Hear me roar. No, you're water. You are water. God made you water. In the beginning, in the beginning, the very beginning, the Bible says God hovered over the face of the earth and over the waters of the sea. He hovered the Spirit. Very interesting. And then in, in the right in the beginning, God made heavens and earth and he created a garden. And the Bible says there's a river in that garden. It's a river. And you begin to follow rivers over a thousand times in the Bible. Water, river, lakes, oceans, seas are mentioned. Well over a thousand. Well over a thousand. Water's a huge deal. People fight for water. Countries go to war over water. Right now in Ethiopia and Eritrea, there's been a battle. It's, kind of, and it's really weird because they're cousins. If you look at them, you can't tell an Ethiopian from an Eritrean. They're first cousins, and they've been battling over water. Ethiopia blocked the water supply to the Eritreans, and so they're fighting over water. Water is a huge deal. In the Bible, fights over water. Clean water, because water is life. Water is life. Water is your life. But if you drink of this water... You're going to need another drink. Isn't that right? So about a week and a half ago, getting myself ready for 50 days, 50 days to fitness, not of, 50 days to fitness. I uh, went on Craigslist. Uh, well, first I looked to see how much one of these bad boys were, like 175 bucks. So I thought, well, I'll get it on Craigslist. And I find there's all kinds of water dispensers that people are selling. Find a guy up at Deland, 40 bucks. So I sent Dave up there. Dave goes up to Deland to pick up the water dispenser. Starts talking. He's got favor on his life so he starts talking to this guy about the church and the guy says hey go ahead and take it go ahead and just take it so i got me a whirlpool brand new i mean it's pretty close to brand new i got myself a whirlpool water dispenser for free come on give the lord a hand clap because if listen it's here in my office so if he didn't give it free you're tired they paid for so we got to spend that money on something else that's how it works we got to spend the money on something else so so we get this water. I start drinking water. Now, it's really fascinating. I'm starting to drink water. I'm drinking a lot of water. We are uh, on this 50 Days of Fitness, and the book that we're using, and the DVD series, and the guy that's teaching us is Dr. Don Colbert. Dr. Don Colbert lives here in Central Florida. Matter of fact, not very far from this neighborhood. He lives just on the other side of I-4. And Dr. Don Colbert is an internationally known. He's a medical doc- doctor who specializes in alternative medicines. He is a real, live, practicing medical doctor. He's got a huge practice, and... Uh, He wrote this book on the pillars of health. And the very first pillar that we studied was water. We learned on Friday night, a lot of these things that we've talked about, I learned from him. And there's so many benefits to drinking water. There's so many benefits to drinking water. One of the things, two things that have happened to me, one of the things that's happened to me is that I find that I'm taking in less food. Weight, what you weigh, is a direct result of what you eat. It's really simple. If you want to lose weight, there's, you know, three or four things you got to do. You got to eat less food. You got to exercise more. And you got to drink more water and get some good sleep. I mean, it's really, really, really simple because your caloric intake will directly impact. And the kinds of foods that you eat will also impact what you weigh. And so, op- obesity in America, and the struggles with uh, that come from that, the sicknesses. And, and I told you last week, a friend of mine, 33 years of age, a pastor, skinnier than a rail, and eaten terrible his whole life. Had a massive heart attack, 33 years of age. The doctor said you had a heart of an 18-year-old, and you uh, and you had the arteries of a 90-year-old, because his diet was terrible. His diet directly impacted his physical body. So I started drinking water about 10 days ago. This is my second jug now that we're on here. I had a little help this morning from a few guys in the worship team, but I've been drinking. i got water at home. i got a filter in my refrigerator. I'm drinking water. I get up in the morning, normal routine, drink coffee. Anybody drink coffee? Has anybody, like, not, like, your normal routine is to drink coffee, and then you didn't drink coffee or some caffeinated product in the morning. You went, like, one day and didn't do it. What happened to you? What happened? Oh, you get a headache, right? I mean, you get a thumping headache. You're like, whoa. So about 10 days ago, I did that. I... Matter of fact, I I didn't drink coffee in the morning or had just a little tiny bit, and I I came and I started drinking water, and I drank water, and Dr. Colbert teaches us that that you need you need water, actual water, uh, one half ounce for every pound you weigh. Now, you can consume a large percentage of it. They say eight cups of water times eight ounces equals sixty-four. You can consume that, sixty-four ounces, and then the rest of your water weight you get from vegetables and fruits. Vegetable or fruits like tomatoes and watermelon and some of those that are high, high percentage of water. You get the rest, and you will get 20% of your water from your food. The thing is, most people are hydrated, but most people are hydrated with the wrong things. The fact is, is once you feel like you're thirsty, you're already beginning to be dehydrated. And so what happens, you have signals that are being released in your brain. This is fact. I'm not making this up. This is medically proven. You have signals, two signals being released in your brain. You have the signal of hunger and the signal of thirst being released at the same time. Now, because we are preconditioned, just like those little kids who chose the cracker over the vegetables, we are preconditioned. When we are, that hunger and the thirst signal is sent to our stomach or wherever it's released to, however that works, we grab for food. And so we eat food. And many times, I don't know about you, if I'm I'm ravished during the day, I could care less what the food is. I just want to get something in my mouth because I'm hungry. Right? So we're eating the wrong foods. And actually, we need to be drinking water. Now, two things have happened to me. First thing's happened is that uh, this morning, I made it my normal routine. I made a, a pot of coffee, and I've been drinking lots of water. I wake up first thing, the last 10 days, first thing I do is drink two 8-ounce little glasses of water. And so I found over the last few days as I was drinking water, when I made my cup of coffee, I went to drink it. Like, it tasted like mud, honestly. It tasted really bad. It didn't taste good at all. The second thing is that happened is I noticed when I got to lunchtime, Pastor Dan and I went to lunch on Friday and I ate a smaller portion at lunch. I ate a smaller portion. And usually this has been my history anyways. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but you know, I go and I'll eat a bunch of whatever it is, you know, whatever I'm eating, and got carbs and starches in it, and I'll come back, I'll have a hamburger or whatever, I'll come back to the office and I get lunch coma. Anybody ever get lunch coma before? You know that's where like your your blood sugar goes up and then it drops and you're like sitting in a chair and you want to do what? You want to go to sleep. Well, what is that? You know what that is? Your body, your body has been taking a lot of stuff, and the, the, the metabolism of your body is all out of whack, and it causes you to want to go to sleep. And so what happens when you start to drink water is that you blow through the lunch coma. You just blow right through it. I mean, it, I mean normally I get tired, and, and want to, I get a nice chair in my office, and the back of the chair goes all the way back like this. I just pull the door shut and have a moment with Jesus. Right? I'm on this thing. Now, what I've discovered is all about choice. It's all about choice. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and to give you more abundantly. This is not a self-help program. This is a life transformation program. We are in a life-transforming relationship with God. Now, one more scripture verse I want you to see is found in John chapter 7. It's found in John chapter 7. And verse number 37. On the last day that Jesus... Last day of the great feast, Jesus stood and cried out. He cried out. Listen, he cried out. He cried out. He's getting their attention. He's yelling. It's like when I'm really preaching and I'm running around yelling. I'm trying to get your attention. So you hear. He's not just telling them now. He's yelling at them. He cried out. He says, out of your heart. One translation says, out of your belly or your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit whom those believing in Him would receive. Did you hear that? If you believe in Jesus, you receive His Spirit. Amen. Now, all throughout the Bible, there's two words that are synonymous with the Holy Spirit. One is oil, and the other one is water. Oil in the Bible is significant, always represents the work of the Holy Spirit. The other one is water. This He spoke of the Holy Spirit and those who would receive Him who believed. See, the Holy Spirit comes into the life of the believer. And he wants to fill you. He wants to wash you. He wants to refresh you. He wants to restore you. He wants to make you new. What happens when you drink and you hydrate yourself properly? You will be refreshed. You will be restored. You will be renewed. You don't have to believe me. I don't care. I'm telling you what I'm experiencing. You can live every way you want. I'm not trying to tell you how to live. I want to help you. I'm not here to hurt you. You see, you know, there's a lot of people out there that want to hurt people. There's a lot of people that want to separate you from your money, and there's a lot of people that want to pull you down. The one thing I've discovered is that when people start to climb and start to win in life, other people, like, want to pull them down. Like, you start to break out, and you're starting to make right choices. There's always someone that wants to come along and bring you down. I want you to know today, God has created you to win. And so on, in this journey, 50 Days to Fitness... It's a process of developing and understanding the way God created us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. He lives in us for mission and for purpose. Now you got to turn to the Old Testament, Ezekiel chapter 47. And in my Bible, it's on page number 777. You got to hear this this morning. The water is your source of life. Ezekiel chapter 47. And we're going to begin with verse number one. Now I got it up on the screen here. You got to listen. Ezekiel's living in a day when the people are doing it all wrong. The people, are, the, the people who have been given this book, they failed to read the book. They failed to read the instruction manual. The Jewish people who were called by God, His chosen people, His holy people, they just failed to read the book. They neglected it. They didn't obey. They did life their own way. Therefore, lots of problems came to their life. They got taken to captivity. They got beat up by the enemy. They did, they did the wrong things with their marriage. They did wrong things with their money. They did wrong things with their morality. They didn't live the mission. They got all sideways in their life. And it brought problems. And so God says, I want to show you, you see, the first, uh, first 40 chapters of Ezekiel, the first 39 chapters of Ezekiel, is God just showing them how bad it is. But then the last Seven to nine chapters, God's showing him his plan for the children of Israel. And it's wonderful. It's an incredible plan. He lays this whole thing out. You're going to be changed. There, it, it's, like, it's like there's a valley of dead bones that have been bleached out by the sun. But I'm going to breathe my spirit into them. I'm going to breathe my life into them. Those dead bones are going to become alive and they're going to become real. Now God shows him by the Holy Spirit. God leads, uh, leads Ezekiel into a vision about water about spiritual water. Now listen to me. This is so important because this is about choices for you. God has brought you here today. No coincidence, no accident. God brought you here today. Whether you have accepted Christ, whether you've been a Christian for a long time, you were brought by God. The Holy Spirit led you. He led you. He directed your life. He protected you. The fact that you're still alive is because of the mercy and the grace of God. Now look what happens in verse 1 here. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. God brought him back to see what he was going to do. God brought him back, and he talks about the, the temple, the water. And he says, and the water flowing from under the threshold, verse number one. And then he says, the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. Water was flowing. You see, water, fresh water, fresh water, clean water has to run. It has to run. We, we, we lived in the northwest. A couple of times, we would go way, way, way out in the boonies, and this snow, this mountain water that would run off of the hills, you know, mountains that were thousands of feet, you know, not the overpass that we got over here on I-4, I mean, real mountains, spectacular mountains. the water would run down. You could go out there, and you could drink that water, and it was clean. It was not contaminated. It was clean water, and if that, at certain times of year, the water was running really quick, and I mean, that water was cool. It was tasty. It was fresh snow mountain water. Not the stuff bottled in a bottle, man. This stuff was a real deal. It was incredible. God takes him and he shows him this water. Now remember, I said in the very beginning, God, water was significant. All throughout the Bible is water significant. In Genesis 2, there's water. God uses the river, that river, to water the Garden of Eden, the place of paradise. You go to the book of Revelation, from Genesis to Revelation. In Revelation, we see that there is water, and it's flowing from the throne of God. And that water is teeming with life. You see, water is the source of life. And the water that comes from God's Holy Spirit brings you life, everlasting life, life life-changing life, life that has power to make you new, to refresh you, to restore you. And in Revelation, the Bible says that that water flows from God's throne, and there are trees that are on the banks of that river. And those trees produce leaves, and those leaves are healing for the nation. You see, you have a mission. Your mission is to bring healing to other people. As believers, we are not here to hurt people. That's why we don't steal. That's why we don't rob. That's why we don't sleep with our neighbor's wife. That's why, as a Christian, we have certain values. Because we're created for mission. We're people of purpose. And when we're believers and we get sidetracked in those things, guess what happens? All of a sudden, I mean, there's problems. The water becomes contaminated. It's contamination. It becomes stagnant. I want you to hear this this morning. Look at here, verse number two. So he brought me out of the north gate. He led me around the other side of the other gate, the east. There was water running out on the right side. Water was running. Water was flowing. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Now, verse number three. And when the man went out to the east with a line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits. 1,000 cubits is between 1,500 and 1,750 feet. And he brought me through the water. He brought me through the waters. The waters that came up to my ankles. The waters that came up to my ankles. Well, there's this direct spiritual correlation. Remember I told you natural, spiritual? This is spiritual. God is showing Ezekiel a spiritual vision of the power of water. And he said, "I'm going." this is what I'm going to do for the children of Israel. He's going to bring them to the river bank. He's going to lead them to the water. And then he's going to lead them to get in. You see, it's all God. It's all God. When you came to Christ, it wasn't you doing it. It was God doing it. It was God's spirit working in your life. Now, there's something about coming to a riverbank and stepping up at your ankles you know when you come to the river or you come to an ocean or you guys you know we go to the Atlantic we go to Smyrna here quite often with our family and uh, you know I'm fully dressed and I might take my shoes and my or my sandals whatever I'm wearing and kick them off and walk out there and I'll stand like this just kind of pull my you know just pull it up a little bit and just take my shoes off and I'm not committed to going into the water right I'm not committed to going all the way in. I'm just, you know, a little bit, because I know that, you know, when I get, and I'll step out of the water and brush my feet off, and we were up in South Carolina at Thanksgiving. We are at Myrtle Beach, and, I mean, I was really not committed. It was freezing cold, and the water was cold. And so, like, I took my shoes off to walk in the sand. I just stepped on the edge of the water. And so God brings him up to the edge of the water. This is where a lot of people, a lot of people, when they before they come to Christ, this is exactly what happens before they come to faith, before they receive God's spirit, they're at this river bank and they're putting their feet in. And it's good. Hey, I like that. I like what I see here. This, this feels good. This is, you know, I don't know about all that. What about Jesus being the only way? And there's all these kinds of questions that people have. And, you know, all the church wants is your money. And what about that preacher that was always telling us to do this? And he stole the money or he lied or he slept with someone. And, and so, but you're, you know, but you get around Christians and all of a sudden you're like, wow. They're not that bad. They're actually pretty good people. They're not mean people. As a matter of fact, it's the Christians. Dennis Stewart on Wednesday night told us about the Christians in Haiti. And it's been the Christians for the last 200 years that have educated the children. It's been the Christians the last 200 years that have provided food and clothing. And, a matter of fact, there are literally thousands and thousands of children every day that are ministered to, that provide education and receive food and clothing from Christians. Thousands multiple thousands in the nation. It's the most impoverished nation in the Western Hemisphere, one of the most impoverished in the world. it's the believers that are there to help people. They're helping people. So, you know, you get to the kind of, yeah, that's good. I like that. You're at the edge. And and so that's good. So you're at the edge of the river. But that's not where God wants you to stay. Now, it's great if you're a brand-new believer and and, uh, you're a brand-new Christian and you're at the river and you're still investigating and searching it out. But the problem becomes when people who have been in church their whole life or been in church for years, and they're still at the river. They're still right at the bank of the river. They just got their feet barely in. I mean, they only pray, really, when they have to pray. That's like when they have a desperate situation, they lose their job, or something bad happens, and they want everybody to pray. But they don't really, you know. That relationship, they know about God, but that personal relationship, it's not part of their walk. It's not part of their experience. You see, they're ankle deep. But I want you to see what happens. Now God, now God does something in his life. God takes him to the next level the next level is found in verse number four and again he measured 1,000 1,500 feet and he brought me through the waters the water came up to my knees now now we're getting a little more committed isn't that right we get water up to our knees you're out at the ocean you get water up to your knees I mean you can start to feel it right I mean you can brace yourself pretty good but you know you're there now you're not fully committed you got your shoes off I mean you can still go home and and you don't have to change your clothes right I mean, you, you, you're there at the river, and you're at your knees and the waters. You know, you can start to feel the pressure of that water. Now, it's at the water when the pressure starts to build that I call the testing time. It's when people really start to experience testing for being in their water. They start to experience it. Genesis chapter 22, verse number 1. God calls Abraham, gives him a mission, says, you're going to be the father of many nations. That scripture verse that we used. That scripture verse, can you guys put that verse up? Somebody back That scripture verse that we use when you heard about the vision banquet. God, sometime later, after Abraham had received the promise, God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham, here I am. See, God tested him. And when you get to this level, the pressure starts to build. Things happen. Things go sideways. Life's not working. All of a sudden, you get bumps. and But you see, what's happened is you're still not all the way committed. You're not, you know, yeah, I know, tithing. I don't know about that. I mean, come on, I don't know. I mean, every, read my Bible, you know. Yeah, you start, you realize, oh, I, I probably should read my Bible more. You're kind of taking the next step, and so you start out, and pastor says that, you know, we're doing 2010, and, and if you read 20 minutes of the Bible and pray 10 minutes a day, you'll read all the way through the Bible, and the Old Testament once, and twice in the New Testament, and, you know, I know I should do that, and, and if I do that, I'll even get a free Bible at the end of the year for accomplishing that goal, and. And, and so you realize the need for it, but it's not like the drive of your life. You, you haven't experienced it with Jesus said, manna that came down from heaven. You haven't experienced where if you don't eat this every day, you're going to die. You, you haven't experienced that reality. And so you're just kind of, you know, you've got, you got your ankles, but you haven't got all. Listen, this is true. Ezekiel has this vision. God shows it to him. Now, he, ain't over, he ain't finished it. Look what happens here. Again, he measured so he goes out another very exact. You see, God is very exact about your life. He's very exact. He's concerned. He has mission. He has purpose. He has plan. Now look what happens here in verse number number four. And again, he measured and he brought me through. And the waters came up to my waist. Now you're in. Waist, you're in. Come on. You get up to your waist and, you know, you're changing your clothes now, right? You get up to your waist in a river, and an ocean, you're in. There's no more like, there's no more doing this. I mean, you're in you're committed. Now the cool thing, I didn't get to read the whole text in advance, but if you read the rest of the text, he, he's going to take him out in just a moment. He's going to do something. You know what the next step is from here, right? You know what the next step is? What's the next step from here? Swim, right? So he starts to see other people out there swimming. You get to this level, and boy, yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, you see other people that are swimming in God's river. They're living the life. They're walking. They're not perfect. They make mistakes they got failures, but there's something about them. They're living a consistent life. They're consistent in their worship. They're consistent in their service to the kingdom. They're helping other people. They're doing their part. They're sharing the love of God. They're walking out their faith. Is it perfect? No, we're not perfect. None of us have arrived. There's always more of God that we can have. There's always more for God that we can do. But you're at this level. You start to see it. It looks really good. But that guys that looks, re- you're, you're, you're beyond the questions of doubt. you know, about whether or not it's real or not. You're committed. You are committed at this level. But God has something more. God wants you to go to the next level. I want to get up there. I got to get back up here so I can read my Bible to you. Look what happens here. So they get up to the waist high level. God says, listen, we're going to go farther. We're going to go farther in you. I just got to make this one point here. When we get to this level of the waste, in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that the people were touched by the Spirit of God. They came into the kingdom. They heard the message of hope. The Holy Spirit filled them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were they had experienced the power of the life-changing regeneration work of God's water. And the Spirit came to life. They were changed. They had an encounter with Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. And then it says they begin to break bread and Hang out together and share with one another. There was no one that had needs. They loved one another. They studied the Bible. They did those things. But then it says, with great fear and with great awe, they watched the disciples do miracles. With great awe and fear, they watched the disciples do mighty miracles. And I thought, you know, the fact is, see, at this level, you're still watching other people do it. Yeah, you know, you still, you know, you have your little part and you're kind of faithful and you're pretty good, but you haven't. Fully gone in. You haven't fully, this is exactly the pattern. I see this all the time. I see this all the time in people's lives. So they get to this level and yeah, it's good, but something, and a crisis happens, and boy, they're not sure that they have the faith to pray for somebody. They don't recognize or realize that the Spirit of God is in them. And the same God, the same God, That was in Peter, James, and John. The same Holy Spirit that forgave them and brought them into the kingdom is the same God that's in you. And so, you know, this need to run off over here to this or that or this crusade or that revival, or I don't know if I'm going to make it unless so-and-so prays for me. No way. So they were watching others do it still. And I know this from personal experience. 20% of the people give 80% of the money. 20% of the people at City Church do 80% of the work. It's the way it is in any organization, any company, any company, anywhere, 20% of the producers. It's the same in the kingdom. But God takes him to the next level. You got to see this. God brings him to a place where he can't turn back. You see, when you get to this place, now the Spirit of God has got you. And Jesus said, I will not lose one that is my own. When you're at this level, God is not going to lose you. You are, God is not going to let you go. His spirit has continued to pull you. His spirit has continued to draw you. His spirit is continued. That's why when you bump and you mess up and you make a mistake, there's something in you that wants to run back to God. Though the righteous stumble and fall seven times, the Bible says, yea, they shall rise and walk again. You see, there's something that happens. God brings you to this place where you can't cross. You can't go it alone. You see, every person in this room has something in this life that you can't overcome on your own there's something. I quit smoking when I was 20 years old by a choice. Wasn't even a Christian. I just put a cigarette out. Boom. Last one I ever smoked. Never touched a cigarette in my life again. I mean, sheer willpower. I said, I'm never going to touch another cigarette. But there are other other things in my life that it hasn't been that easy. Other things like Paul said, I got this thorn in the flesh. I got this struggle. Everyone has it. Everyone has some area of life. Therefore, you are totally dependent upon the grace of God. You need God's grace. I need God's grace. God brought me out to a place that was too deep. It was too hard. It was too difficult. But then God says to me, is there anything too difficult for me? Is there anything too hard for me? You see, God takes him to the water. You guys ought to be shouting me down on this one. God takes them to the water where they must swim. You see, God takes them to a place where he must swim. You got to swim. There's something about swimming because When you're just waiting, you're kind of stuck. But when you start to swim, there's forward momentum in your life. When you start to swim, you're starting to move forward. You're going from one location to another location. Now, if you're in a river and there's a current, you're swimming. Guess what? That current is carrying you along. That current is carrying you. You don't even realize it. You could go way farther. You can go way farther. Like if the tide's pulling you out and you're swimming, you go way farther. Anybody ever had that open at the ocean? You start off here and you're kind of swimming, and you end up like a mile down the beach, and you're, how in the world did I get here? You didn't swim like that. You ain't Mark Spitz. You ain't the guy that just won 27 gold medals, whatever his name is. You ain't that guy. The current carries you along. You see, the current of God's Spirit wants to carry you along. I want you to hear this verse. This is what Jesus said. You see what happens when you start to swim in the river? You've made the great exchange. You're substituting your life for his life. You made the great exchange. You're no longer trying to do all this on your own. You no longer try to make everything happen on your own. You're now dependent on God. Matthew 11 says, are you tired? Worn out. Burned out on religion. You see, religion will make you weary. Trying to do all the right things and make sure I do this and It'll just wear you out. It'll wear you. It'll flat out just trying to be a religious person makes you weary. It wears you out. God doesn't want you to be weary and wore out. God wants you to be refreshed. You see, when you drink of the water, when you start to swim in that current, you're going to go way farther. You're going to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you could have ever asked or thought. When you start drinking of his water, the river of life, the water of life, it's no longer a stroke. It's, this, it's a surrender. It's an issue of surrender. And things that are surrendered start to fall. They just start to fall. Listen to what he says here. Come to me. Get away. Spend time with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the enforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. Hang out with Jesus. Hang out with Jesus, and you'll li- learn to live freely and lightly. You'll learn to live freely, and you'll learn how to live lightly. That's what God wants for you. You see, some of you today, God's brought you here. So the fact that you are here today, I don't know where you are with the Lord. God's brought you here today, and you're just like your ankles, are just, and you're just examining. You're just checking it out. You're seeing if this is real. But I want you to, what we experienced during the worship time in this service was just incredible just a few minutes ago. It was obvious. God was here. I could, I could sense it. I knew it. You felt it. What was it? It was believers gathering together, worshiping the living God, the one true God. And Jesus said, when you begin to do that, my spirit, my presence is there. The water, the water of God, the water of his life is here for you. It's so Jesus. Jesus. So you, right now, you're just kind of at this level, right here at the, at the, at the knees, God's brought you to that place. You're looking at other people, and say, "Yeah, that looks good. I think I want that." So you're right here at the waist. You're, you're committed now, but not all the way yet. Just kind of you're stuck at the waist, and maybe you're tired. You're weary. You know, we can get weary well doing. There's a lot of people that work really hard and do a lot of things that we get really weary, get tired of the battle. Moses, the children of Israel were battling, and the children of Israel were just it was a it was a horrendous fight. The Bible says that as long as Moses lifted up his arms as a sign of surrender, they won the battle. They were winning. But as he began to get weary and let his arms down, they started to lose. It was a sign of surrender. See, lifting it, the reason we lift hands in worship is because we are surrendering our life to God. And as we begin to let our hands down in the middle of the battle, we stop. See, God wants to fight your battles. God wants to bring you victory. He's going to use you. You're going to walk with Him. You're going to work with Him. He's going to use you. He's going to enable you to make the right choices. But the Holy Spirit is here right now. The Holy Spirit is here to fill you with fresh water.
0: Thanks for listening to this message, Water is Life, with Lead Pastor Eugene Smith. For service times and more information about City Church Orlando, please visit our website anytime at orlandocitychurch.com or call 407-321-9600.